few weeks ago, I realized after 19 years of full-time youth ministry, I had finally arrived. My wife and I, we have four sons between the ages of 11 and 18. The older three are all in my youth group in 7th grade, 10th grade, and 12th grade. And so the other Sunday morning, I taught a lesson. I was excited about it, but whatever. And later that day, my senior said to me, completely unsolicited, uh, Hey, Dad, Loki, I don't want this to go to your head, but your lesson today was actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I know. I've lived for that moment. It came, it went. I was through the roof. I even named this podcast after it. Kind of interesting. Just talking about some of my thoughts from youth ministry. Here's what I'd like to do with this podcast. Uh, After 19 years, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned a bunch of things the hard way. And I thought I'd like to just kind of document some of those things, whether anyone listens or not. Practical tools that I have found helpful over the years in youth ministry, and then maybe some resource recommendations at the end. Here's a question that I field a lot. How do you find volunteers? Uh, We have a great volunteer team at my uh, current church, about 30 youth leaders, just amazing year after year they serve. We have some of them that have served for decades. And uh, the question I always get, because something in our church is that our student ministry just doesn't struggle for volunteers. It's it's something people ask to be a part of, how do you get there? Uh, When I came on staff 11 years ago, half of the youth ministry team uh, left after the interim between me and my predecessor. And so I was faced uh, in a new church environment where I hardly knew anyone. We had moved here from about seven or eight hours away uh, with half a team that was hurting from losing the previous youth pastor And excited about a new youth pastor, but completely overworked because of the interim period without a youth pastor and wondering what to do next. And so everyone looked at me, uh, Matthew, we need more volunteers. If you could get on that, that would be amazing. And I remember just sitting in my office thinking, how in the world am I supposed to know who to recruit in this new church, in this new culture where I don't know anyone? I'm the one from away. Honestly, they would have a better idea of who would be great additions to the team. Uh, And so I was struggling through that. And sometime around that point, I remember Kurt Johnson, uh, the middle school youth pastor out at Saddleback, had blogged about an event they were doing in their youth group called The Three. Uh, It would happen on the third Friday of the month for three hours, for $3, and middle schoolers could just come, hang out, party. They spent the money on food. And I thought, that's amazing. That's such an easy win. Uh, so we launched the three uh, here at our church. I, I emailed Kurt and was like, hey, can I completely and totally rip off the name and format of your event? And he was like, yeah, more power to you. Thanks for being the one that I actually asked. And so uh, we launched it and we called it the three. The biggest difference between what Kurt did with his team and what we were doing with the three was the purpose behind the event. The sole purpose for our context was discovering new volunteers. That was why we launched this event. The kids had a blast. That wasn't on their radar. But for me, this was a tool to find people. Uh, And we only did it about four or five times a year. We didn't do it every month uh, like Kurt did. 
But I told them it's it's three dollars third Friday. We're going to be in three rooms because we have a lounge room, a youth room, and a gym. And uh, I said I'm going to take all the money. I'm just going to spend it on food. There's no preaching, no nothing. Just bring your friends, hang out. We're going to have fun and just play. They're middle schoolers. They have no life. They can't go anywhere without their parents driving them. And so they were thrilled to have a night where all their friends are getting together. They're all going to different schools. And the parents were excited to have uh, three hours off on a Friday night that they could go out on a date or whatever. And what I told my current crew of volunteers was this. Uh, I don't want any of you to come chaperone this event. You guys are overworked. You're tired. You're leading uh, small groups on Wednesday nights. You're helping out with our youth program on Sunday mornings. You're helping out with our mission trips and so many other things. I said, I don't want any of you to come to this event. Uh, I'm going to recruit people that aren't normally in the youth ministry. And so I just started going through the lists of parents in the church, adults, anyone I thought was remotely interesting. I would just go to them and say, hey, I have this one time need. If you could come for three hours on a Friday night and pass out cookies, that would be amazing. You know, or I would say uh, I need an adult just to be in the gym to make sure kids don't get too crazy. Or I need an adult to hang out in the youth room to make sure kids are being appropriate on the couches. You know, and, and so I would recruit four, five, six adults from all over the church that honestly I didn't really know. Maybe they were parents of kids. Maybe uh, there was somebody I bumped into in the halls and had a nice interaction with. And it was a completely no prep event. The, the level of need from them was way on the low end. It was an easy win. And so, yeah, everyone was saying yes to me. Uh, I had very few no's. And so I got all these different people to come and then I would just watch. And I would see who who actually interacts with the kids because you had some adults that showed up and did exactly what I asked them to do. They passed out the cookies. They stood in the gym. They stood in the loft, uh, but they didn't engage with the kids. They were chaperoning the event, but it was very clear. This isn't what they do for a Friday night, but the pastor asked. So there they were. But there were other leaders who enjoyed the three hours. They would be engaging with the kids. They'd be connecting. They'd be talking to them, hearing their stories, hanging out with them and laughing at their jokes and letting them tell them about uh, Justin Bieber way too much. And I remember just kind of making mental notes. Okay, that person is amazing with kids. Uh, So-and-so, don't ask them again. And so, you know, the next month, two months later, we'd do the next three. I'd tell all my youth leaders the same thing. Hey, I don't want any of you. Uh, to come to this. I'm going to recruit other people. And the the people that I thought looked like they were amazing with the kids, the two or three or one of them, I would ask them, hey, can you do another three? Uh, I need, I'm still running a little short. Could you do another? And then I would ask some other people that I hadn't asked before to fill the other slots. And the same thing. And what happened is over the course of that year, I got a list of adults that were amazing with kids with no risk to myself or the student ministry, right? It wasn't like I asked them to fill an ongoing position that six months later I would be kicking myself going, I've made a real mistake here. I tested them out on a, on a no frills event, kind of screened them, watched them. The entire purpose of the event, everyone thought it was for middle schoolers to have fun. The entire purpose of the event was for me to screen potential youth ministry volunteers. 
And by the end of that year, I had recruited a few amazing leaders. Some of them uh, are still on the youth ministry team now, 10, 11 years later. And we ran the three as an event here in our student ministry for about two or three years. And I uh, went through so many different adults, tested so many different people out uh, before it finally kind of came to the point where I was like, this has served its purpose. I feel plugged in enough to we've built the youth ministry team up to where we need it to be. I'm more immersed in the culture here. One of the keys to being able to recruit volunteers is ongoing stability, a longer tenure at a church. And so it is far easier for me now in my 11th year at this church to recruit volunteers than it was 11 years ago because I know people. So that's just one of my go-to suggestions for people when they're struggling to, how do I find volunteers? Do a one-time event like that. Intentionally test people out. Make the whole purpose screening adults. And so the kids have fun. It's an easy win. There's no pressure. They're just hanging out. But you're checking out to see who talks to kids, who has fun, who who interacts. It takes a little bit longer, but you can build an amazing team with that kind of approach to recruiting volunteers, especially when you first plug into a church. Before I wrap up uh, this first episode, I want to share a book that I read this past year. It just came out in 2019 by Mike McGarry, Michael McGarry. Uh, It's his book, A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry. I love this book. There's there's a ton of resources out there that talk about theologies of youth ministry and approaches to youth ministry. There's no shortage of those. What Mike did that I thought was really unique and special. This is a guy who's been in full-time youth ministry, closing in on a couple decades. Uh, He's seen it. He's lived it. He's experienced it. He's had long tenure at his churches. So he's he knows what it is to go deep into a place. He opened the book addressing the concern that many of us feel that that too many young people when they graduate from high school are graduating from the faith. This is something that we've all talked about and been exposed to. But what I love about his approach to the book is he walks the reader through what youth ministry looked like in the Old Testament, what it looked like in the New Testament, what it's looked like over the centuries. And he finds a lot of common threads there, some of the biblical roots that principles that we can apply to student ministry today. He, he wrote in the introduction that the emphasis of this book is on presenting a clear and simple but thoroughly biblical framework for thinking about youth ministry as the church's expression of partnership with the family for co-evangelizing and co-discipling the next generation. And I think he does that really effectively throughout the book. Uh, Towards the end, he writes that youth ministry is for adolescence, the family is for life, and the church is for eternity. And, And from my perspective, that's a theme that just saturates the entire book, that he has this whole church, whole family, whole student ministry approach uh, to what he's writing, to some of the foundations behind, but also some practical examples. And I also love the book's only 164 pages. So it's a it's an easy read. It won't take a ton of time, but he really packs some youth ministry weight into it in a way that I haven't seen uh, many youth ministry books do. So definitely check it out. Uh, that's A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry by Michael McGarry.
Well, that's all I have for today. I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think. Post a comment, post a review, especially if it's a good one. Tune in again for episode two. Thanks.